So this is the last uh, little chapter of Jonah. And what we learn about Jonah is that even prophets need the gospel. Even people that are around the word of God all the time and know the word of God, like Jonah, need the gospel. They need a heart change. They need Jesus to do something powerful to make them love people. And uh, as I think about this passage, it's, it really shows what I think is like the kind of a, a prophet with a, a temper tantrum, uh, almost to the point where he wants to just leave and die and, and for God to take him away. And so, um, yeah, we see, we see, you know, Jonah can be like diagram like this chapter one, bad Jonah. Uh, he runs away from the Lord's call chapter two, good Jonah. He he's in the belly of the whale and he repents and, Believes. Chapter three, good Jonah. He goes to Nineveh. Chapter four, though, reveals his heart. And he really doesn't want God's compassion to go on his most hated enemy, Nineveh, the city of Nineveh. He hates and despises his people, and he doesn't want them to experience God's grace. It's really a sad thing. So what's going on? We're going to just kind of look at this idea of uh ultimately the main point is is god cares about the lost and the question for us is do you care do i care about the lost and are you on a mission with god and so i'm gonna just divide the passage like this and contrast um what are jonah's concerns and what are god's concerns and how do we get god's concerns and so the first thing is before we do that let me pray uh because i haven't prayed yet God, thank you for this night. Lord, it's it's winding down. The semester's winding down. Hopefully, always being this in this uh, Zoom format is winding down as well. We, we long for being together. Uh, we pray that you would use some events here in the end of the semester to connect people. And we pray especially for your word, your Holy Spirit to use this in our lives to change us, make us more like uh, Jesus and form us. And we pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Um, so I just want to separate it like this. What are Jonah's concerns first? And secondly, what are God's concerns? And so um, Jonah is concerned about himself. Uh, Jonah right here in chapter four is an example of someone who really does not understand the gospel of grace and really needs to repent. It's interesting how the end of this chapter, we don't really know. Uh, the chapter ends with God's statement of his concern and his really his pity and his mercy for Nineveh, but it doesn't say what Jonah does. Um, but like I said, this reminds me of... Um, you know, a you'll be in like a toy store or you'll be in a grocery store or something. And there's a little kid that wants something desperately for his mother to buy him. And she says no. And they just go into a fit. Right. Or it reminds me of the little leaguer like me. OK, who couldn't throw strikes when I was pitching once. And I was like crying on the mound. Um, and. <laughs> You know, so you might have pictures of your childhood, too, where you remember, like, just throwing a crazy tantrum for something stupid. And so 
Jonah is throwing a tantrum for something not stupid. Uh, I mean, really, the heart of the gospel of grace going to Nineveh, and he is mad about it. And so what's it look like to miss the gospel of grace? Well, um, it looks like hating God's grace, because that's what he says in verses 2 and 3. So they repent, right? The, the city repents in chapter 3, uh, verse 10. And then he says this, when the Lord questions him, he says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, is not, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? So we hear the reason for him going to Tarshish. That, that is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. It's like he knows that God is a merciful, gracious, compassionate God, and he's experienced that. He was just saved from the whale, from the, from the fish. And he's totally experienced that, but he doesn't want that for anybody else. And he especially doesn't want it for Nineveh. And so he really hates the fact that God doesn't bring, you know, rain down hellfire on Nineveh. And he really wants that. And he's really mad at God about that. He's, he is someone who has a heart that has just become very hard. Um, and so the point is, is that Jonah thought he had grace, uh, but really he just had pride. Thought he had grace, thought he understood this God and, his, and God's mission. Here he is, a prophet of God, and he's mad at God's work. He's mad at God's work because his heart really is all about his own pride and self-righteousness. Um, I can relate to that. Um, and so the point is, is Jonah is missing the gospel. He's missing really, truly understanding the grace of God on a deeper level. He's, un, he's missing the fact that the fact is when you really understand grace and you really get the gospel, it changes you. It humbles you. It makes you want to share the good news with other people. It, it should bubble out of you. Not perfectly. Obviously, we're sinners, but there should be repentance and there should be a desire and a joy for, for God's wrath to be stayed and for people to repent. That should bring joy. If it doesn't bring joy, we got to ask ourselves, Lord, what's going on? Change me. Um, because, you know, the, the heart of the gospel is, is that we are all sinners. We're all big sinners. We're all on the same, you know, level. And it's only by the grace of God through the Lord Jesus dying on the cross for sinners that we can experience that. And so um, Jonah's missing it. It seems like he had it in chapter two and three. But you know, this is often how the gospel is. It's slippery. You know, we, we can have it one day and the next day we won't wake up and we are just awful attitude, just not thinking, not praying, not depending on God. It's all about me, pride and selfishness. And that comes out and we need to repent. So I'm going to go through like seven, seven things um, real quick. What if Jonah understood grace? Okay, what if, and what if we did? So here, here's, here they go. Number one, if Jonah understood grace, he would say, I'm a bigger sinner than Nineveh. 
and the Assyrians. Okay, I'm a prophet. I had all the blessings of God, and I ran the other way. I disobeyed God. I'm a big sinner, right? If he truly understand the gospel of grace, he would say, I'm a bigger sinner than Nineveh. Two, if Jonah understood grace, he would not be waiting for God's judgment to come on Nineveh. That's what he's doing in chapter four. He is waiting and he creates this bush and God brings this plant to grow on. And he's looking over at the city of Nineveh. He's east of it. And he's basically hoping that maybe God's judgment is still going to come about, even though they repented. And so if Jonah really understood grace, he'd not be waiting for God's judgment. Uh, he would rejoice in their repentance. Number three, if Jonah understood grace, he would say, I have experienced grace. Now let me extend grace. Okay. Jonah deserved to die. God was judging him. He was in the ocean in the storm, but God saved him. His own personal submarine, a fish, God saved him, brings him to repentance. You would think that Jonah would know, oh, I, was, I should have died, but God saved me. Uh, and so he, he should have been the one writing Amazing Grace, right, before John Newton did. Um, four, if Jonah understood grace, he would have a humble view of himself, and his pride should be shattered. And it should be continually shattered because right? We're all broken, and we're not going to be done with this sinful nature until we go to heaven, or until Jesus comes back, and so, but he would know that God didn't choose Israel because Israel had some great talents, or because they obeyed well, or because they had something that God would look and said, ah, yes, Israel, they're so amazing, I'm going to choose you. No, it just says in Deut Deuteronomy 6 or 7 that God chose them basically because they were pitiful. God chose them because they were the smallest and the least. That's why God chose them, because they had nothing. It was sheer grace. Jonah is forgetting that, and he's thinking Israel's like number one. Five, if Jonah understood grace, he would know he was an enemy of God, and God saved him, and therefore he should have compassion on his enemies, right? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet his enemies, Christ died for us. Jonah should have understood that. But instead, he has a very us versus them attitude. Nineveh, bad. Israel, good. Uh, and that's really not the way God was looking at things. He was saving Nineveh. Six, if Jonah understood grace, he'd care more about that great city. Uh, the Lord says, man, Nineveh is huge, 120,000. That was huge in the, in the ancient day. Um, with much cattle, there was resources there. And the Lord is concerned, and he, and he longs to show compassion uh, on the city. And so, um, you know, Jonah wanted to isolate himself, run the other way. But God was telling him, no, you have to have compassion uh, on the city. Seven, if Jonah understood grace, he would know God's plan for the nations and get on board with it, right? Um, he would understand God's covenant to Abraham was for Israel to be a blessing to the nations. And they were always to be a light to the Gentiles in Isaiah 49. So that's not just a New Testament thing. That's all the way back in the Old Testament. God wants Israel to spread out and bless uh, the nations. And so if he understood grace, 
he would he would be uh, a proponent for missions. Um, and then eight, if Jonah understood grace, his cultural idol of Israel being God's only people or his chosen ones would be destroyed, and he would love other cultures. Friends, this is racism in the Old Testament, okay? He is all about Israel and the security and the comfort, and he hates Assyrians, and uh, he hates their culture, and he hates their gods, and he doesn't understand why God would uh, love them and bring the message of truth to them, and that they would repent and be in the same family of faith. He just can't get it in his mind. And so, um, you know, really what Jonah is, is a picture of the Pharisee of the New Testament. He's kind of like Paul, you know, his credentials of being a prophet and so forth. You know, he probably thought he was better than other people. I had access to the Bible and the word of God. He's similar to the older brother and the prodigal son. Um and he didn't, the older brother didn't think he needed to repent, and he disdained his younger brother in sin. See, the same kind of thing is, is what his heart was all about. Um, and so when you forget grace and you live out of the law and self-righteousness and think you are somebody, it leads to pride and it leads to um, an inability to love people and to be humble and to rejoice with sinners who repent and this is what jesus is dealing with with the pharisees jonah is showing the heart of a pharisee when i think of jonah i think i've got the heart of a pharisee too uh and so let this be a passage to make all of us repent and all of us to remember we're no better than anybody else out there and that it's only by the grace of god and we want it's like somebody said the gospel is like one beggar you know finding bread and telling another beggar where to get it. And that's the attitude that God wants us to have. And so do you understand grace? Uh, do you see that you don't deserve anything? Um, how do you look on outsiders? How do you look at different people who are in, in maybe the Christian world's eyes are sinners or they're so far off? I'm thinking of the LGBTQ community. I'm thinking of uh, outsiders in any form, maybe, maybe you can't stand like fraternity or sororities or, you know, whoever it is, like, you know, in your heart, like what you, who, the type of people you struggle to love. And what God is saying is we have to love and we have to repent and realize that we're all on the same plan. And the church in general, we need to believe this passage and really understand that God's heart is for the lost. God desires uh, broken cities like Nineveh uh, to come to know him. And so, um, yeah, so anyway, that's the, that's the first thing, like, <laughs> you know, Jonah has no concern for the lost. He wants judgment. What are God's concerns? This is the second thing. What are God's concerns? Well, God shows a continual display of grace both to Jonah and Nineveh. So, you know, um, that's ultimately what the book of Jonah is about. It shows God's compassion on a rebellious runaway prophet, and it shows God's compassion on a rebellious runaway city. And his compassion is so strong, we see Nineveh repent. So, but let's think about Jonah. Okay, even in his sin, God doesn't let him go. He pursues him, right? 
Uh, he pursues him in chapter one through a storm, through sailors, ultimately through the belly of a fish where he gets his attention and he repents, right? He brings him to repentance. Uh, he brings the word to him a second time because he loves his prophet and he's going after him, even in his sin. God continues to pursue him with questions and counsels him. Why are you angry here in chapter four a couple times? Like, does it do well for you to be angry? He is counseling. He is trying to get Jonah to look at his heart, see what's underneath, and to repent. Um, and so this is God's care. God is running after sinners. We are running the other way, running away from God, and he is running to them to get their attention, to love them, to bring them to repentance. And he cares for Nineveh, right? Nineveh was known for worship. There was a temple of Ishtar there. They were, you know, they were unbelievers. They worshiped other gods. Israel, they became Israel's number one enemy about 50 years later. And they actually came down and they destroyed the northern tribes of Israel. And so, you know, they, they'd always been a powerful nation. And even though that they are the enemies, God sees them not as an enemy, but someone to show pity on. And so he says in verse 11, should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. That idiom right hand and their left is a term for spiritual lostness in the Old Testament. They don't know God. They don't know their creator who made them. They're under God's wrath and judgment. And they're a very violent place. It says that in chapter three, I believe. And God wants them. God does not leave them. God sends Jonah to them, kicking and screaming, so to speak. And he proclaims that message of judgment and they repent. They put on sackcloth and ashes and they are in because of their repentance. He cares for the Gentiles right? And these are the Gentiles, the Old Testament. They're not part of Israel. Um, he cares about animals and cattle. He cares about the resources of the city. And ultimately, he cares about the nations. Revelation 7 talks about how people from every tribe and tongue are going to be gathered around the throne of God to worship him. And so we should expect all kinds of different people. And it should be our our goal right now to be all about other people who aren't like us and who are like us to proclaim this beautiful, wonderful gospel. Um, so to summarize the story of Jonah, uh, it's ultimately about God's compassion going after a wayward prophet and a wayward city. And he will use stubborn people. And so if you're feeling stubborn tonight, have hope. Uh, you're feeling so far away from God, have hope because he loves when we repent and when we admit that we're stubborn, we admit that we're hard-hearted. Um, we don't know what Jonah did after this, um, but God is concerned for the loss. I want to share a quick story today. I was part of a RUF National Missions Zoom meeting, and we were hearing a presentation from a surge missionary in London by the name of um, Lindsay Hall. I think she went to JMU and she just shared about the ministry and the church planting. And there's 
missing opportunities. And I'm hoping that maybe next summer or next spring break, we might go to London and be a part of this. But she said that in London, there's 30 different countries that have a population of over 30,000 in just one city. London is like the most diverse city, world city in the world. It's London and New York. Um, and they do book tables and street evangelism. And they're in like a lot of the West Indian population of the city. And she shared a picture of a woman who was in her 80s getting baptized at the church. And I think if I remember the story correctly, like some of the teams that were doing door-to-door -door witnessing or somehow they met this woman and this woman agreed to continue to meet with uh, Lindsay. And so she had the opportunity to read the Bible and talk, talk about the gospel with her over a period of time. And then all of a sudden she said, I want to be baptized. And, but before she also said, and I want you to come and take away all my household idols. And so here you had, I think it was a Hindu woman in her eighties who believed the gospel for the first time because somebody went and, you know, shared the gospel with her over a period of time. And now at the end of her life, she died just a little while after this baptism. And now she's with Jesus. But what a beautiful story of, you know, intentional going out, talking with people and, um, you know, God saves people. He saves the lost. And, you know, I'm convicted of this story because, you know, this is still God's mission right now. We're in the day of salvation. God wants us to be praying for people um, and sharing the gospel with people and loving people. Not some gimmick, not some like, you know, one time and we're done, but like really like loving people and having unbelievers in our lives you know, sharing, showing hospitality, hospitality. I mean, that's like the big strength of RUF that we really haven't been able to do this year. I mean, our big strength is like the dinner and the hospitality and the food and like, you know, and then through that, these relationships. And so I got guys, I want you, I mean, most of you guys are ministry team. So I want you guys to really be praying because we want to, you know, next year and everything, we want to see that start up again. We want to, we want to, you know, see who's hungry for not just supper club, but like for the gospel. And maybe we'll, we'll think about going like someplace like London. That, wouldn't that be cool? Um, but how do we grow in God's concern? Well, we just need to grow in the gospel. The same verse that uh, Jonah hated, we need to love, you know, where, where he says, I knew you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. We need, to, we need to apply that to ourselves. We need to know, you, you need to know that God is the one who forgives us of our sins, that we're big sinners, but Jesus came for us. I mean, this is like a summary of Psalm 103, Exodus 34, 6, Numbers 14, Nehemiah 9, Psalm 103, 8, Joel 2, 13, where it talks about God's mercy and grace, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. That's what we need to soak ourselves in. Although you're a big sinner and I'm a big sinner, we have a God who forgives through Christ. So we need to continue to preach that to ourselves so that we don't become hardened like we see with Jonah right here, who throws temper tantrums with because plants and worms. And, you know, one thing we see with him is he gets totally off track. <laughs> He's more concerned about little like plants that grow 
and worms that kill them, then he has about 120,000 people dying and going to hell. I can see that myself. Maybe you can too. So let's pray and let's ask God to like grow our love for the gospel and grow our love for people to share that. Let me pray. And then when we have uh, breakout sessions, one name, just let's pray for one name um, in your life that you would like to see, you would like to be used of God to share the gospel and see somebody come to know Jesus through your prayers, through your love of them, through your sharing with them. So let me pray. Lord, thank you for just giving us beautiful stories like Jonah, a rebellious prophet that reminds us of ourselves and our sin, but yet you use, and God, you call us to, you know, be concerned like you are concerned, and we ask for you to change us, and we pray that in Christ's name. Amen.